You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati, marhaban bikum. Fi al-hawar al-siniyya al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Hello listeners, it's great to have you tuned in again to another episode of China Africa Talk, the program that brings you news and opinions about what's going on with China and Africa from a Chinese and African perspective. I'm your host Bridget Mutambira coming to you from Beijing. Now, the China Africa Economic and Trade Expo recently held in the central Chinese city of Changsha released a first ever China Africa Trade Index. It sets the general index of data in the year 2000 as the benchmark starting from 100 points. The index reached a record high of 990.50 last year when China maintained its role as Africa's largest trading partner for 14th consecutive year. In part 2 of our podcast brought to you from the trade event, I continue my chat with guests in Changsha that is Ms. Temi Tope Atinkunde Director International and Public Sector Relations of Lagos Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Mr. Albert Halwampa, Director General Zambia Development Agency, and Mr. Desire Rusatira from the Rwanda Development Board. Later in this episode, Standard Bank Commercial Banking Chief Craig Polkinghorn joins me online in a discussion on the purpose served by the index towards economic and trade exchanges between China and African countries. and how the banking sectors from both sides stand to benefit from this index. Mrs. Atinkunde, as a way of bridging this trade gap between China and African countries, are there any trade and economic policies of late between China and your country Nigeria that have made it much easier for both sides to work together so far? Thank you very much. Uh, the first most important thing is the concept of amity, you know, and as a look at friendship, fairness, and uh, how balanced what you're doing is. Uh, if you look at the Belt and Road uh, Initiative that has been in uh, existence for quite a while, I think Nigeria has been one of the major partners for China regarding this. But uh, away from that, we've done quite a lot of collaborations recently in terms of the free trade zones, you know, which are some of what has uh, helped not just the Chinese investors coming to Nigeria, but other foreign investors. that also want to invest in Nigeria and i think that's uh, one area the chinese might want to look at because nigeria has the population we have the land mass and we also have uh, a market that is like a gateway to ecowas so if we could also do more collaboration on this uh, free trade zone area even though some have already started i'm sure uh, this would aid our relationship and not just in terms of um, buying and selling you know a, a principle of uh, a stronger relations joint venture partnering together that helps improve the balance of trade much more so we don't want it to just uh, limit to the issue of uh, buying and selling right now we have the trade zones we have the tax incentives at the trade zones to take for any foreign investor coming to Nigeria but much more than that We have also plans for unicorn companies that want to come to Nigeria mm-hmm. and we hope uh, to uh, uh, attract as much as possible of that. Even the small companies from China to Nigeria that want to set up 
you know, joint ventures who hope to attract as much as possible with Kaiti. Uh, from Zambia's point of view, are there any new economic and trade policies of late between China and Zambia that have made it much easier for your countries to work together and for the region to work together? Do you share mm. the same sentiments? with? I think every African country mm. and every country in the world is having special policies and strategies on China because it's a huge market for this world. Nobody wants to ignore China in whatever sphere of development. So as Zambia, we, we have developed policies to make sure that we make working together as a two you know, friendly countries. Okay. Um, yeah, last year, my president, uh, His Excellency, uh, Mr. Hagende Hichilema, had a telephone conversation with the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, on how the two countries could collaborate and work together to foster trade and investment. And for the first time ever in the history of our country, we had the China-Zambia Business Forum that brought together you know, businesses from both countries, investors to foster joint ventures, partnerships. And um, during that forum, some of the key takeaways were signing of the MOU mm -hmm. to allow Zambian products to enter the Chinese market at mm -hmm. 98% of tariff lines duty-free. So you can see already, there's a huge open check on the Chinese market for Zambian products. And we also developed policies to create one-stop shops in these multi-facility economic zones. You know, you can create a multi-facility economic zone that can just end up being a shell. So we agree as the two countries to create a one-stop shop for investors going into the MFEDs, multi-facility economic zones to make sure that the Zambia Development Agency, the agency that is mandated to promote trade and investment in Zambia, mm -hmm. goes in all these multi-facility economic zones as the anchor institution working with these multi-facility economic zones that are developed by the Chinese companies to make sure that when a Chinese company comes into that multi-facility economic zone, we are able to fast track the issues of investment licenses, okay. the issues of immigration, the issues of you know, accessing other tax incentives from the revenue authorities. So you have one-stop shop there and also linking to the agents that registers companies when they enter Zambia in terms of company registration before they come to ZDA mm -hmm. for investment licenses. So we are working in all fronts to make sure that working between Zambia and China becomes smoother, much easier. Okay. And you might also be aware that uh, in the 2023 budget, mm -hmm. Zambia waived the requirement of visas to a number of countries, including China, just to increase the tourist visitations into Zambia. As you are aware, like Zimbabwe, we have a lot of national parks, mm -hmm. almost 24 national parks, where you find all these big fires, elephants, lions, buffaloes, you know, rhinos, hippos, uh, we also have the Victoria Falls. We also have opportunities in those national parks for investors from China and elsewhere to invest in airstrips, mm -hmm. you know, road infrastructure, mines, um, uh, hotel, bed space. So you can see it's a, it's a matrix of things. So we are working with China to make sure that there is this seamless, you know, police movement. Okay 
to take advantage of each other's comparative advantages. Mm -hmm. Of course, for China, it's the market, the size of that market, technology transfer, and also other areas, of course, from our side, we are endowed in a number of you know, natural resources which we need to value add, take advantage of that. Okay. And I would use um, and wonder, do you share the same sentiments? What trade and investment policies of late have been settled between your country that have made it much easier for both sides to work together? Just a little brief. Yeah, thank you. I think I, I, I entirely agree. As I said, we have to be intentional okay. with this relationship. Uh, what does a business person want? He wants liability. Mm -hmm. He wants policies that are not going to be changed okay. all of a sudden. He wants uh, a reduction in, in, in time spent uh, running after permits and these uh, licenses. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we can take out is that we're not lacking in what to do in Africa. Okay. Whether it's tourism, whether it's processing, adding value. But what I wanted to really point to is that gone are the days where doing business in Africa was prohibitive. I think that is, for me, that we are trying to, to speak to, to, to the Chinese uh, business community. We are ready for business. I'll give okay. an example. We in Rwanda, we have, of course, uh, Rwanda Development Board, but inside there are a few policies. Of course, we have all tax policies that are all geared to making life easy for investors. The Rwanda Development Board has set a really, truly one-stop center. What, does, what do I mean? Mm -hmm. All permits and, and licenses are housed under one roof, oh, in right. one office. So okay. what, it saves investors time and money, it removes bureaucracy, and there's now, I think, I can't speak for the whole of continent, a lot of improvement in our accountabilities. So when we talk about processing all these, uh, and I think this is what my brother Zambia is talking about, you know, making sure that we're ready for business in practical terms. So we have all these incentives to come to, to Rwanda, whether it's for immigration, and that's why I agree, whether it's in license and, and responsibilities and others. We offer them under one roof. So our one-stop center, for instance, Rwanda is not a one-stop for more bureaucracy, but it's actually a one-stop center mm -hmm. to have all these business licenses. That's what I really add on, but I entirely agree with you. Mm. Okay, Mrs. Atinkunde, the first China-Africa trade index has been released. Why could this be a better time to release it? And could we call this an achievement on both sides, indicating positivity in trade? Permit me to say that uh, there's no better time, because uh, it gives you the opportunity to look at how we have been doing and what we need to do better. So I think uh, this is the best time to have released the data. There's been a lot of analysis on it. Uh, and I think it also gives us the opportunity to know what we have been doing, how we have been doing, and what we could do. Uh, it also gives like a sort of target for the next heading that, oh, these are the things that we need to put in place when we come together again. We'll look at where we have gone and the things that we have been able to achieve. And even while waiting for the next heading, we have to be able to uh, set up periodical tasks, maybe monthly, quarterly, fortnightly, and see how we can achieve some of these milestones that we mm -hmm. want to achieve. But I think that this is the best time to have released the data and it helps us to know where we are going mm -hmm. and where we are right now mm -hmm. in terms of this relationship. Okay. Do you get the well, same sense? You need evidence mm -hmm. in how these relationships are being structured. We're talking about trade and investment. Mm -hmm. There must be evidence on how we are moving, at what rate, what are the numbers saying. Mm -hmm. 
or do numbers show good progress or mm. numbers are showing some rigidities mm. which therefore we inform our leaders to sharpen certain policies. Mm. So it's very important, it's timely and there was not going to be a better time than this to release the index. And Mr. Satira, you represent in Rwanda. Is this the best time for this China-Africa trade index to be released? What's your opinion? Absolutely. I don't want to repeat what they have said, okay. but um, I will still go back to the intention a bit of it. Okay. You cannot sharpen policies, as he says, without having numbers. Right. We have to be driven by data. These policies have to be analyzed. Mm -hmm. To have this data that allows you to, to sharpen, let me repeat the word, to sharpen, okay. I think that's a key word. Okay. We have these policies, but they have to be sharpened by, by evidence. Right. Evidence-based policies are the way to go. And I'm glad to say that not only Rwanda, we all our incentives, our actions, our reforms, uh, especially in the, the investment area, is based on evidence. So I think it's part of what we say. Africa is ready. We're not guessing anymore. If the data is, it will allow us to really look at where we are, where we want to go, and we know where we want to go. So this is just a tool in, in that journey. Thank you. Okay. I'd like to thank you again, Temitope Atinkunte. She's the director of the International and Public Sector Relations of Lagos Chamber of Commerce. I'd also like to thank again, all the way from Zambia, Mr. Albert Halwampa. He's the Director General from Zambia Development Agency. And Mr. Desire Rusatira, Head of the Reinvestment and Aftercare Department in Rwanda Development Board. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Bridget. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. We'll see you there. And now, Standard Bank Commercial Banking Chief, Mr. Craig Polkinghorne, joins me online in a discussion on the purpose served by the first China-Africa trade index towards economic and trade exchanges between China and African countries, and perhaps how the banking sectors from both sides stand to benefit from this index. Craig, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, and it was a pleasure to see you at Changsha at the Expert. Okay, we're talking about the first China-Africa Trade Index. China released the China-Africa Trade Index for the first time during China-Africa Economic and Trade Expo held last week in Changsha, central China and Sunan province. What purpose does this index serve towards economic and trade exchanges between China and African countries and perhaps other aspects of China's commodities trade with Africa? So, Bridget, it's a good question, and, and to answer it, I think we need to go back to uh, the year 2000. Mm -hmm. That was the year when the Forum for China-Africa Cooperation was founded. And so that really signaled the beginning of a new era of cooperation between China and the 50-plus countries that operate in Africa. People often confuse the continent as a country. It's not. There are 50 or more 
different countries, all of which have a relationship with China. And to determine whether there's been progress in terms of that cooperation and trade, I think the index is really important in providing statistical and a data point that says, have we done more? Have we done less? Is this really positive? Is it as good as we would have hoped it to have been? And so I think the launch of the index and the monitoring of the index gives us some hard data that says this consistently over the years and into future years gives us the data point that tells us that we're on the right track in terms of both trade and economic cooperation. How does the banking sector from both sides stand to gain from closer China-Africa trade relations as the index indicated? For the banking sector, that's really interesting because if businesses are growing and trading more, there are any number of opportunities to support them in terms of banking products, Mm. whether that's with loans or letters of credit or trade finance or receivables finance. All of those products are then of interest to a bank. In the case of Standard Bank, we have ICBC, the Chinese bank, as a shareholder in Standard Bank. So we have a natural tendency to cooperate with ICBC and their clients, and they have a natural inclination to cooperate uh, and trade with our clients. And so part of what we did in Hunan last week was to have a matchmaking afternoon whereby the African clients that we had brought to the expo were introduced to and, and had conversations with potential trading counterparts on Mm. the Chinese side and Mm. and feedback we have got was there was a lot of interest. Some clients have concluded transactions to trade some more. We celebrated, as one example, a producer of honey in Mm. Zambia uh, and a Chinese entity had placed a big contract on them to supply more honey. Mm -hmm. And those are just examples of Uh, where the trade and the increased dialogue at a business level will will improve the economies and improve the lives of the people both in Africa and in China. Now, compared with the base reading of 100 recorded in 2000, which is since Forum for China-Africa Cooperation was established in Beijing that year, Perhaps what have been the most notable trends comparing then and now, and what could this be reflecting on the bilateral trading space between China and African countries? So I think it's important to understand how big the opportunity is. Mm -hmm. So first of all, in the year 2000, the index was 100 points. Mm -hmm. And in 2022, that was 990 points. Mm -hmm. That just shows you that the increase in trade has been very rapid and is uh, showing a very positive trend. If you go and dive into the detail of it, the index can go up purely because prices have increased. Okay. If you go and look at the detail on things like tons, number of products, mm. number of counterparties trading, all those are trending positively as well. Mm. And indeed, If you look at trade in 2022 versus the first few months Mm. of 2023, we are up in terms of Africa-China trade Mm. in terms of 16.5%. Mm -hmm. And that that is real growth. Mm. You know, if you Mm -hmm. you take inflation off that, it's very positive and it's real growth. And Mm. I think that it is very positive for both China and Africa. Mm. The other thing that's, I think, 
uh, useful to note is that the trade and the growth in trade is uh, in going from 100 to uh, to 900 yes and 90 you know under under any any other country in the in the world or any other continent would be uh, probably be jealous of that performance <laughs> i think but i think the strategies of various countries in africa and the belt and road initiative right. from china all reinforce this greater cooperation. So the East African bloc, for example, mm -hmm. all the individual countries have a strategic intent on facing East. So they would be looking to trade more with countries like India and China, which are the big economies if you face East, right. and also with the Middle East, which is relatively close to them from a geographical perspective. And so there are lots of supportive actions both in China and in Africa, which I think will drive this index higher. And I think that as the economies of Africa benefit and realize the opportunity and the scale of the opportunity, mm. they will do more and more in terms of unlocking the potential. Mm -hmm. And I think by the same token, China has been very generous in granting the poorest countries very easy trading terms. And so there's a what they call a green passage, which means mm. that the very poor countries then trade into China without tariffs and without trade impediments. And I think that's really important to allow some of those poorer countries and smaller countries to kickstart their economies and kickstart the trade that they can do with China. China has been Africa's largest trading partner for 14 consecutive years. Now, moving forward under the framework of the Belt and Road Initiative, are there any potential sectors for China and Africa to deepen their cooperation from your perspective? All of them, but there, I think we need to do a number of things, both from a Chinese perspective and from an African perspective. Okay. And that is at a, a very general level is for China to identify what would they like to import more of and what do they mm -hmm. have a need to import more of? Mm -hmm. And secondly, communicate that to African countries. Right. And then secondly, for African countries to be very clear in where they can scale up their industries. Mm -hmm. So whether that is in textiles or pharmaceuticals or agricultural products or natural resources, they should be very clear in where they would be looking to do more with China. That often comes from businesses that operate in the private sector. Oh. And they rely on the governments of China and the African countries to establish trade protocols. Okay. And I think that needs to be dealt with urgently that if in the case of, uh, use an example where Kenya has a protocol mm -hmm. to trade avocado pairs with China, mm -hmm. but South Africa doesn't. Mm. We, we should be treating that in South Africa as an imperative and urgently trying to get that protocol cleared because mm. we have a mature and sophisticated avocado industry that should be able to supply into the Chinese market. And by the same, by the same token, if African countries have tariffs on the import of Chinese solar panels, which they need, mm. or, or uh, electric vehicles that are produced in China, the government should move to scrap those mm. tariffs and make the trade of the products much easier so that we can accelerate the cooperation between China and the African continent. And, and that, that is that 90% of trade out of Africa gets done by large corporations. Mm -hmm. The 
lifeblood of employment and of businesses on the African continent actually is in small businesses. Okay. And we should both, China and Africa, be looking to see how do we place more orders and more demand on the smaller businesses to right. ensure that they thrive and are a healthy SME sector. So right. that was really the last point is it's not all about the big business. Mm. We have to look and see how can we get more products coming to China and more products coming from China to those smaller businesses. And I think that we mustn't lose sight of that fact mm. because that's where a lot of employment happens. Very mm. important uh, piece of the economy. Greg, thank you so much for sharing those interesting insights and giving us analysis on the first China-Africa trade index. Thank you and thanks for inviting me on. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.